Yes, sir. Yeah, we get them. Why we do it? Why we do it? I do it for the turn up. I'm loco, I keep my shooter close though You know it's fully automatic Shoot you straight, man that trigger do, do you plenty damage uh, I got enemies, I can't see them all But they lurking I flip that page on them, my trigger finger stay working I got plenty ammo, got old and new They both testify, my lord And ain't nobody playing with you Gonna mess around and come testify
And now, as we turn to the New Testament, our reading today comes from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, verses 17 through 34. We'll read about the Lord's Supper. It's a visible representation symbolizing the death of Christ for our sins. It reminds us of Christ's death and the glorious hope of His return. Our participation in it strengthens our faith through fellowship with Christ and with other believers. Now, Paul acknowledges that there are differences among church members. When they develop into self-willed divisions, however, they are destructive to the congregation. Those who cause division only serve to highlight those who are genuine believers. Now, when the Lord's Supper was celebrated in the early church, it included a feast or fellowship meal followed by the celebration of communion. In the church in Corinth, the fellowship meal had become a time when some ate and drank excessively while others went hungry. There was little sharing and caring. This certainly did not demonstrate the unity and love that should characterize the church. Nor was it a preparation for communion. Paul condemned these actions and reminded the church of the real purpose of the Lord's Supper. Now what does it mean? The early church remembered that Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper on the night of the Passover meal. Just as Passover celebrated deliverance from slavery in Egypt, so the Lord's Supper celebrates deliverance from sin by Christ's death. So what is this new covenant? Well, in the old covenant, people could approach God only through the priests and the sacrificial system. Jesus' death on the cross ushered in the new covenant or agreement between God and us. Now all people can personally approach God and communicate with Him. He invites us. As a matter of fact, He says to come boldly into His throne room. Jesus said, Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. How do we remember Christ in the Lord's Supper? By thinking about what He did and why He did it. Paul also gives specific instructions on how the Lord's Supper should be observed. Now, when Paul said that no one should take the Lord's Supper unworthily, He was speaking to the church members who were participating in it without thinking of its meaning. People should come to this meal desiring to fellowship with other believers and prepare for the Lord's Supper to follow, not to fill up on a big dinner. If you're really hungry, Paul says, eat at home. That means that they should eat dinner beforehand uh, so as to uh, come to the fellowship meal in the right frame of mind. All right, let's uh, read all about it during our reading now here in the New Testament. August 18th, the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 17 through 34. But in the following instructions, I, Paul, cannot praise you Corinthians, for it sounds as if more harm than good is done when you meet together. First, I hear that there are divisions among you when you meet as a church, and to some extent I believe it. But, of course, there must be divisions among you so that you who have God's approval will be recognized. When you meet together, you are not really interested in the Lord's Supper. For some of you hurry to eat your own meal without sharing with others. As a result, some go hungry, while others get drunk. What? Don't you have your own homes for eating and drinking? Or do you really want to disgrace God's church and shame the poor? What am I supposed to say? Do you want me to praise you? Well, I certainly will not praise you for this, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord Himself. On the night when He was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. 
Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet, when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So, my dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. If you are really hungry, eat at home, so you won't bring judgment upon yourselves when you meet together. I'll give you instructions about the other matters after I arrive.
Psalms today comes from Psalm 35, verses 17 through 28. David cried out to God to defend him when people wrongly accused him. Ever been wrongly accused? Then you know how David felt. If you are unjustly accused, your natural reaction may be to lash out in revenge or to give a detailed defense of your every move. Instead, ask God to fight the battle for you. He will clear your name in the eyes of those who really matter. Psalm 35, verses 17 through 28. How long, O Lord, will you look on and do nothing? Rescue me from their fierce attacks. Protect my life from these lions. Then I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will praise you before all the people. Don't let my treacherous enemies rejoice over my defeat. Don't let those who hate me without cause gloat over my sorrow. They don't talk of peace. They plot against innocent people who mind their own business. They shout, Aha! Aha! With our own eyes we saw him do it. O Lord, you know all about this. Do not stay silent. Do not abandon me now, O Lord. Wake up! Rise to my defense! Take up my case, my God and my Lord! Declare me not guilty, O Lord my God, for you give justice. Don't let my enemies laugh about me in my troubles. Don't let them say, Look, we got what we wanted, now we will eat him alive. May those who rejoice at my troubles be humiliated and disgraced. May those who triumph over me be covered with shame and dishonor. But give great joy to those who came to my defense. Let them continually say, Great is the Lord, who delights in blessing his servant with peace. Then I will proclaim your justice, and I will praise you all day long. Proverbs chapter 21, verses 19 and 20. It's better to live alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome, complaining wife. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. In a world that's left us cold Can we get back to the altar Back to the arms of our first love There's only one way to the Father And He's calling out to us To the captive it looks like freedom To the orphan it feels like home To the skeptic it might sound crazy To believe in a God who loves
It's greater than religion. It's the power of the cross. So can we get back to the altar? Back to the arms of our first love.
trust you deeper. Keep believing that you are. I wanna walk on water.